And I'm going to turn it over to you and hope that you just appear because you're not um, not coming onto this, the main screen. Are you there, Sumaraj? Yes. Okay. So um, just start, you could maybe start sharing whatever you'd like to share and... from Chaitanya, Oh, I see some people are seeing him. They're not seeing him. Well, not much to share this morning. No, no news. Why don't we just go ahead and take the questions? Okay. Um, Tadas, you're up first. Thank you, Krishna Maharaj. Uh, so I would like to ask a question. Um, some time ago, I used to watch in, in YouTube, there was a channel, uh, Let's Talk with Swami. Narasingha, <clears throat> and in one uh, of the, of his talks, he mentioned um, uh, how he used to deliver uh, sniffing tabac tobacco to Prabhupada, and uh, uh, how uh, Prabhupada used to sniff it early in the morning to. <clears throat> To, to wake up faster or something like that. It, 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 it used to help him in, in writing books and how that uh, the, the box, the metal box used to be in, in museum in, in Brindavan, but then it was removed. Well, he ex explained that because um, Prabhupada, he was like a pure, pure devotee, so uh, <clears throat> not, uh, um, how to say, that it was not affecting him or something like that. But um, then I, I, I tried to find that video, but I couldn't. So today I just Googled and I found one letter where Prabhupada was writing to Revitananda, Revitanandana. And here he is writing regarding taking snuff I myself take it sometimes at night because I'm working at night on my books and sometimes I become dizzy. But it is not for you to take. You should not imitate this, neither you work, neither you walk like me at night. So the question would be how to understand that because uh, Prabhupada, he's Acharya and he's teaching according to his example. So this is the one. And the second is one of the four regulative principles, no intoxication, even not coffee or cacao or tea, but this is tobacco. So how to properly understand this, this thing? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that... Um... <clears throat> the general uh, rule that uh, Prabhupada um, employed amongst his uh, disciples was not to take intoxication. And um, that's a quite un understandable. Uh, sometimes that extended to things like coffee, tea, um, chocolate even, um, um, which are not really uh, intoxicants. And um, um, while at the same time, they can, I guess, alter your metabolism or whatever, uh, coffee and tea, having caffeine can you know, keep, keep you awake um, and so forth. And I think that Prabhupada uh, in, in general uh, listed anything on, on a list that 
that you know might come up that was reported to him. I don't think he even had chocolate in his life or thought it was an intoxicant. Maybe somebody told him it was. Um, but um, um, uh, I think that typically, uh, unlike most uh, Hindus, the Vaishnavas avoided tea and, and, and coffee's not a big thing in, 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 in India, but tea is given uh, the British pension for it and the richness of uh, tea that's uh, found um, in India. Um, but that said, um, taking these things is not necessarily going to affect your bhakti. If you have tea or coffee, it's not necessarily going to affect your bhakti. Um, and they're not, I would say, recommended. And there's a world difference between taking uh, LSD and, uh, you know, and, and coffee. Um, so, uh, uh, Prabhupada was... Uh, on the scene, so to speak, in, in the United States and in, in Europe, in the Western world, at a time when intoxication was really uh, um, thought to be a plus by many people, many, many of the young people who were joining his movement. So he had kind of a far-reaching uh, prohibition, as I say, on um, anything that remotely um, resembled um, an intoxicant. Um, but um, uh, yes, he took uh, snuff, as he said, I guess, at, at night to keep him awake and so forth. And I, I think that uh, that, uh, that is um, something that someone who is himself beyond the rules, so to speak, can invoke in ways that may be useful for what he or she is doing that is um, that wouldn't have the same effect um, on others. In other words, because Prabhupada takes snuff, it's not a blanket, uh, or did at night sometimes uh, to stay up and write or whatever to balance out his dizziness. And as he put it, um, uh, it's not a. Uh, he wanted to say, and I think rightfully so, it's not a therefore a license that all of us disciples can or should take take snuff. I mean, we were kind of like that. If Prabhupada did something, we, we, we would do it. I don't think there's any really major contradiction here to, to deal with. You have to look at the person. First of all, you have to look at the, 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 the measure of what it means, what, what an intoxicant is, as I've already said. These are minor things, coffee, tea, what speak of chocolate. I mean, uh, it's really not an intoxicant. So um, um, that, that's the one side. The other side of it is, as I say, great persons can do things that um, for explicit purposes that uh, are um, um, their focus. And, um, and these are things that others then who are not of the same stature cannot do for the same result or are not in the same position to even think about it um, because they're not doing the same thing as Prabhupada said to Rebatinandan Swami. Well, I'm staying up. I mean, Prabhupada, we would go to rest at night about 10 o'clock and Prabhupada would then stay up and write till maybe one in the morning or something like that. Um, he would sleep for four hours and he was busy all day. So we weren't sleeping four hours. We weren't staying up at night and writing books and so on and so forth. And had we been able to do that and we're, we're qualified, then we might even put in a position to uh, um, do something like Prabhupada. So the circumstances are entirely different between himself and his disciples on the one hand. So it's, it's not a you're doing, therefore I should do at any time. That's not the case. In a very limited way, he was doing that. And um, he was, uh, it, it obviously didn't affect him. I, I don't think it would affect, uh, I don't know what snuff is. I guess it's tobacco. I guess it's kind of like a, like a minor um, stimulant. Um, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, on, but <laughs> uh, as I say, I don't think it necessarily even has to affect 
someone's uh, Krishna consciousness, let's let's say drinking coffee, that's more common. I don't recommend it, but um, I wouldn't uh, if I was in a, if someone if some disciple called me and said I'm I'm driving back from you know San Francisco after picking up so and so at the airport. We're both really exhausted. Um, maybe I should drink some coffee, you know, to make the make the trip so we don't fall asleep. I'd probably tell them yes. So there are circumstances where such things um, could be allowed. I, I wouldn't. I don't think having a habit of it is is the best thing or a habit of anything. So it's a minor thing on one hand, and the circumstances are very different in terms of what Prabhupada was doing and how he was using it. And then there's who he is um, as a person to make those kind of decisions. Uh, someone who's beyond the rules can um, can can break the rules without having the same repercussions um, that someone would who's not beyond the rules. Does that help? Yeah. Okay. Shaila Prabhupada Kijaya. Hi. Um, Greg, would you like to unmute yourself and ask your yeah. question? All right, Krishna yeah. Maharaj. Um, okay. Let me finish my coffee. No, just <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, referring to your, um, your concluding words in your Bhagavad Gita, uh, I was wondering if you could say a few words about Advaita Acharya in, in particular how um, he called Lord Chaitanya into this world. As a few words about uh, Advaita Acharya calling Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world. Yes. Well, that really um, is described in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Bhagavad, other texts, and um, the, uh, the broader idea is that um, the Mahavishnu is the first avatar. Avatar means the descent of the Godhead into time and space. Mm -hmm. um, under the influence of his internal energy. So entering in time and space, not being affected by it. Um, and uh, so from Narayan and Vaikuntha, the uh, Mahasankarshan there, one, one, one of the fourfold uh, manifestations of divinity in Vaikuntha, the Chato Vyuha, uh, 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 Maha expands as incarnates as Mahavishnu, right? So he's the first avatar. And then the Leela avatars, the Guna avatars, the Yuga avatars, different types of avatars, they all pass through the Mahavishnu. Hmm? So Yuga avatars in particular um, is the subject when we speak of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance because he appears as the uh, Kali Yuga avatar, albeit in a hidden way, disguised as a devotee of himself for his own internal purposes and so forth. Um, uh, so given the fact that, that the avatars, Yuga avatars appear through Mahavishnu, then there's a correspondence with Advaita Charya being a very peculiar and interesting incarnation expansion of Mahavishnu in the form of a devotee hmm, appearing in the world. Hmm. He was a great uh, Vaishnava of his time, teaching the Gita and the Bhagavatam and the devotional perspective on these texts and so on and so forth, and seeing the conditions of Kali Yuga and the, and the lack of interest on the part of people in, uh, in religious life uh, and, uh, and the Yuga Dharma. And so he calls Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Mahavishnu is calling Krishna to appear in the form of a Yuga avatar. Hmm? That's one side of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Yuga avatar side for the dissemination of the Namsan Kirtan, which is the, which is the Yuga, Yuga Dharma and so on and so forth. He has obviously an internal side as well. Hmm? And that, uh, speaks to the internal reasons for his descent, but externally he's appearing in, 
in a place or in a time of the Yuga avatar that just happens to correspond with his internal, uh, Krishna's internal pursuit to taste the, 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 the prem of, of Radha. So it's appropriate, hmm, um, given what I've explained for Advaita Mahavishnu to bring him. Um, so uh, we also find that at a certain point in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, Leela, after he had taken sannyas, which was for the purpose of facilitating the dissemination of the Yuga Dharma, at a certain point he asked the permission of Advaita hmm, to uh, uh, really uh, to um, retire, in a sense, into his internal life and exclusive focus on that pursuit. This was in Jagannath Puri. He did it in a very um, kind of uh, concealed way with speaking in poetry to Advaita and getting his response. And Advaita responded, yes, there's no longer any need for rice in the market, something like that. The work of the Yuga Avatar has been done. You have set that in motion. Hmm? Um, and it's done. Now you, you have twofold purpose. You can, not that you weren't pursuing both purposes at the same time, but now given the measure and extent of that internal purpose, uh, you can exclusively dedicate your time to that. Mahababu enters into his, his Auntie Leela and he, uh, for all intents and purposes, becomes from a public person, a private person by the force of his um, um, bhava. Hmm? So um, Advaita is kind of overseeing the, the Yuga Dharma aspect of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Interestingly, uh, it's also said that Advaita Charya, or excuse me, Haridas Thakur, who was a close associate of Advaita, and I believe it, uh, was initiated by him. He used to refer to him, Advaita referred to Haridas as Brahma Haridas. Um, and he, um, it's also described in Chaitanya Charitamrita as through his Nam Yagya, hmm, uh, calling Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world, Advaita brought him not through Nam Yagya or Japa, but through Puja in Archan. So he offered uh, Tulsi and Ganga Jal, Ganga water from the Ganga to the Shalagram hmm, and called to, for the Yuga Avatar. This is Archan, and this is an example more of Vaidhi Marg hmm, than Rag Marg, whereas Nam Bhajan is more, um, is, is something that um, one can retire from or withdraw from Archon hmm, uh, uh, as one becomes adept in Nambhajan. Hmm. So one can find, that is to say, the form of the Lord, realize, experience the form of the Lord in the name and his qualities and his leelas and, and so forth. Hmm. So typically we, we don't see as, 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 as much of an arrangement or participation in, arrangement for participation in archan, in deity worship, on the part of great saints. Now they have established temples. We have extraordinary stories sometimes of, of, of such exalted devotees engaging in archan, but it's very different. Sanatana Goswami hanging his deity from a tree and arguing with him about um, the deity's complaint that he should at least supply some salt to the unleavened bread that he was offering without anything else. And it's not the complaint. Well, first you want salt, then you want ghee, then you want vegetables. I'm a poor person, you know, I can't provide that. So that's not ordinary deity worship, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a, uh, deity worship is, is Arjun is an Anga of Bhagi, but it's more external and a non-Bhajan is more internal. So Haridas Thakur in, in a sense um, could be construed as the one who called him through his Nam Bhajan for his internal uh, purpose, hmm? which would be appropriate uh, for a, if you want to extend the idea to, of a Narmasaka, hmm? 
which we could identify Brahma with by looking at the Brahma Vimohan Leela and looking at the dawn of creation, at which time he was initiated by Krishna and uh, offered Sakirasa. Hmm? Brahma Vimohan Leela, he's brought to, to Braj, he sees what Sakirasa is, and um, he's further entering into that, but he made offense at the same time. He had to take birth as Haridas Thakur. Uh, um, and he is showing the way through his example of Nam Bhajan. And as I say, in Chaitanya Charjamriti, he said to be calling also had a role in bringing the Lord. So you could make uh, a feelingful case for Advaita bringing him for the purpose of Yoga Dharma and Haridas Thakur bringing him for to uh, uh, in the pursuit of calling him, encouraging him, you know, so to speak, for, for the pursuit of his internal purpose that, um, that, that, that such friends of Krishna are um, involved in. I mean, those are a few thoughts on that. Does that help? Jai. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Hey, um, Devi Apati, you need to unmute. Yes. Hare Krishna, uh, Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Hare Krishna to the devotees. So I just wanted to say a few small, tiny points regarding this beautiful lecture yesterday that we heard about. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, and to place one question that is something else that is one kind of my dilemma always was, and I would like to understand how to act in this situation. So yesterday was interestingly enough, uh, uh, the disappearance day also of Bhakti Gurova Nishinga Maharaj. It so happened that he passed a year ago. So somehow these two dates, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta and uh, and I have some sentiments for him because I lived there for a few months and he gave me some first. Uh, and this just came to my mind that it is like interesting that uh, yesterday on this day also he was mentioned in a connection of this movie. And uh, that's nice uh, because also uh, his prana mantra is including this, how he's uh, Bhakti Siddhanta, uh, follower not tolerating some some deviations are like this. A second small comment would be how in this movie and also in the book uh, that was written also about Bhaktisiddhanta, uh, uh, the exalted position of Bhaktisiddhanta was also seen when these people were coming from Bengal to offer respects, how they were carrying the, the, the train uh, everybody was coming, Muslims also, everybody. So he, this showed how they uh, felt this immense uh, spirituality in his heart and like this. And the third small, I could say speculation of mine, but I will say it, why, why not? Uh, when you spoke about the children of, uh, of uh, Srila Bhakti Vinod, first this wife and one child and another 12 children, and Srila Bhaktisdanti was sixth or from this second wife. So this brought to my mind some, some kind of correlation, maybe. I mean, it's funny to say it, but because he was in the middle, so this reminded me of this in like some chapter of Bhagavad Gita that is in the middle. So this is something very variable. So like his uh, children were 13, but Srila Bhaktisdanti was in the middle, so I, I thought, if one can think like this, maybe like the most valuable child that, that, that he had. Sorry. Well, we, for we do think he was the most valuable child. He certainly made the greatest contribution in terms of the uh, dis 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 dissemination of, of Gaudi Vaishnavism, which was an ambition of, of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And so in that sense, there's no argument there. I don't think anyone can, can, uh, can disagree with that. Um, uh, of course, uh, I, I was a friend of Bhakti uh, despite the fact that we had uh, some differences. Um, and um, yes, he uh, he uh, he liked to. Uh, I, I would say that he um, 
I mentioned yesterday that my window into uh, the life of Bhakti Siddham Sarsji was through Prabhupada, Sridhar Marshan, and, and Pujapaturi Maharaj. And I, I would say that uh, Narasimha Marsh got uh, quite inspired by the perspective um, shared by um, uh, Pujapaturi Maharaj, the mission, how it worked, some of the details. And he himself was uh, kind of like that. He, he really liked the idea of a monastic order and a mission. And he was a very uh, organized kind of a uh, uh, regimented kind of a fellow. And so he identified with that uh, feature, uh, that, that window into you know, what Gaudiya Mott was like. And of course he was no longer a member of ISKCON. He was a bit caustic, so he used to like to um, bring out the differences, if, if, if you will. Um, so he did um, some good work, I think, with the, with the, with the film. And um, he had some kind of uh, identification uh, developed within him uh, with, with, uh, with Bhakti Siddhanta and the way he did things and so forth. Um, so there's some thoughts on that. Um, thank you, thank you very much. I would like to ask one question, my dilemma. Uh, for years, uh, when uh, something uh, of sort happens, then I don't know what to say, if I'm committing offense or not. Namely, sometimes some very beautiful women uh, would like to speak with the devotees to be preached to or like this, because when I'm not, uh, enough verse to explain to somebody something that's okay you can come here and or I can uh, give you some content and like this so usually the, the devotees that I can point to is some spiritual masters some advanced brahmacharis or whatever so then I have a problem like should I this let's say Maya Devi how we call it uh, woman put in contact with some some devotee because maybe it will be something problematic ultimately on the other side, I cannot check some spiritual soul, although it is Maya Devi, to come in contact with devotees and to be preached to. So I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. Well, uh, you could say that women are Maya for men, but you could say that men are Maya for, for women. Um, and uh, and that's a heterosexual perspective. There's also yeah. the homosexual perspective. Um, <laughs> so uh, the attraction of the sexes basically is what makes the world go round. And rather than continuing the samsara, we want to uh, transcend the samsara. Um, that said, uh, I think that um, that um, uh, that uh, one should feel confident to. Uh, bring to or direct any any man should feel confident or comfortable uh, directing or bringing to uh, any beautiful woman, however beautiful, attractive, whatever may be the case for, in his eyes, or objectively so, to uh, to a sadhu, hmm? to uh, if 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 she's expressing interest in, in Krishna consciousness, that, that kind of confidence. In the, in the sadhu. Um, and, and if you don't have that kind of confidence in the sadhu, then what's the point of bringing anybody there? Um, Prabhupada, once I was a young man, I had taken sannyas, I think that year, 1975, when I was sitting with Prabhupada in his room alone in New York, um, on the 11th floor, and he said to me, have you seen the, the New York women? I didn't know what he was really getting at. And, and he said, there's, before I could answer, he said, they're so beautiful, so attractive. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then he went on to say that, uh, uh, that and all these buildings are going up and, and then so many, you know, it's all driven by this, by, by, by this attraction. It's a way of talking about it. And he said, see the power of Vishnu Mai, which is this, you know, 
this, the power, how, how women energize men to do things, how men energize women to do things and, and so forth. Um, so, you know, he went into it was really interesting. And then he said, oh, see the Vishnu Maya. So he, 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 I didn't know if he was like testing me as a young sannyasi or, or what, but he was just kind of like speaking about it. Um, so he could appreciate the beauty of the New York women or wherever uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and not be uh, affected by it in a way that would be counterproductive to his spirituality. So we should have the confidence in, in our spiritual leaders and sadhus and the association that we have that uh, they wouldn't be affected by that. And again, if we, if we don't, then we, we should probably find somebody that we do have that kind of confidence in. Okay. What else? Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Maharaj, I just was wondering when, um, was it Shira Maharaj that um, was oh, taking yeah. sannyas and, and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur? That would be a nice, yeah, just are you prepared to preach to women? Well, the one, the one I'm thinking, yeah, the one I'm thinking, one of my gobblers wanted to take sannyas for Puja Pachita Maharaj, and so he, and after some days, weeks, whatever, Shudamarsh agreed. And then so just before he gave him the mantra, he said, so are you prepared to speak to the women? Hmm. Preach to women, which was like, he thought that was like, you know, he didn't know what to think, you know, but what Shudamarsh was saying is you should be above the attraction that um, um, in terms of it having any negative uh, repercussions or res result if you're going to be a, a sannyasi. Hmm? Not, sannyasa is not running away from women, hiding from them, hmm? or running away from men and hiding from them. There's something to be said in the beginning for out of sight, out of mind, to uh, arrange a lifestyle for one, oneself if one's a renunciate, um, which is moving away from the world anyway. But um, ultimately, really, renunciation in Gaudiya Vaishnavism should be a result of bhakti. Not, it's not a means to bhakti. Hmm? So, some thoughts on that. So, what else? Krishnangi, you and I mute yourself. Maharaj. Um, I was talking with a friend who said that they appreciate the philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita, but otherwise they have a hard time approaching Krishna and understanding his leelas. And I made the point that in order to develop love for God, it's uh, easier if we know as much as possible about God and his pastimes, as opposed to sort of God being some kind of an impersonal, distant um, old man on the cloud, so to speak. But, and my friend agreed with this sort of in principle, but said that the fact that Krishna is an Indian God makes it difficult for them to, to approach, approach him, that he feels foreign. And, and I was wondering if you could say something about them. I'm sure you've answered this many times before, but if you could say something about the significance of Krishna appearing specifically in India in this world. Well, different ways to think about that, but I think that one way to deal with that issue is to uh, make the point, which I think would resonate with, with, with many people, is that we're all um, earthlings. Um, so we're all members of the same planet. Hmm? So we're, if you're all, if you're all uh, uh, Scandinavians, then wherever God appears in Scandinavia doesn't make a difference, hmm? whether it's Gothenburg or, you know, it's uh, um, Denmark or, 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 or wherever. Or if you're all Americans and God appears in New York rather than California, there's not gonna be a big argument about it. He, he appeared in America. So we, we, you know, we, we do have, we have designated ourselves as, as members of one country or another country. And there's a cultural context to that background, habits and ways of thinking and so on and so forth. But the larger picture 
and it's one that we need to go to, is that we're all members of the earth. And these national differences, um, uh, the more they're emphasized, the more problematic things become. So, you know, the, 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 you know, the best example there in Europe is the, is the, is the national, what was it, National Socialist Party of, of Nazi Germany, or the, you know, the, the attempt in the United States recently to, you know, make a similar national, you know, identity and uh, register people from different countries and, and like the Jews were registered in, in, in Germany and so forth. So uh, I think a lot of people will, will be able to go you know, that distance and say it's a bigger idea to say that we're all humans, that we're all members of the planet and so forth. And there's diversity on the planet but it, we're all, it's all part of what we're, we're part of. It's not a foreign thing. So Indian culture is not, uh, shouldn't be seen as, as foreign. God appeared on earth. Now we don't say, that said, that God only appears in India, but we say a particular expression of divinity has appeared in India. Hmm? And that's Krishna. There are other expressions of divinity also appearing in other cultures. Hmm? And um, so you could gravitate towards the, the one that's prominent in, in your culture, um, or you could uh, transcend limited cultural sensibilities to an extent hmm, and uh, uh, identify with the virtues, for example, in an essential sense of any other any other 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 culture, um, there may be some countries that are more Rajasic and Sattvic in their um, nature, and some that are or, or Thomas Rajasic and Thomasic, some that are more Sattvic. Let's take India. Okay, India is a country that where the teaching about reincarnation, for example, comes from. So. Are you going to say that reincarnation is Indian? Or do you identify, identify with reincarnation? India is the country that more than any other country where you have a, a ageless idea of an Atma. Hmm? Not only just a vague idea of a soul, but a very well-defined, although it's talked about from different angles of vision, from different philosophers and theologians, still a sense of this Atman, what is consciousness. So, you know, we're, we're all consciousness. Okay, we're no longer Finnish. We're no longer American. We're consciousness. You know, one thing is we're earthling. Okay, we take another level, we're all consciousness. Now, if you can, somebody can identify with that argument and if this consciousness is surrounded by a bio, biological, physiological, you know, um, makeup, and, and, and that it can transcend that. And that's the goal. If someone can identify with those ideas of the Gita, for example, then where those ideas come from? Hmm? They come from a particular culture hmm? on earth, on our planet. Hmm? So uh, if we want identify with them, we don't think I'm identifying with India per se and a limited particular culture, I'm identifying with the Atma. It's an idea, a concept, a notion that uh, philosophy that arises in, in that culture. So there may be things about that culture that are advantageous um, for that. There are other cultures that may be more advantageous for other things. Hmm? And so on our shared planet, we might identify with one country for its virtues and its excellences in any particular field. Hmm? India happens to excel in, 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 this, in this field, in the nature of consciousness. Hmm? And, um, and so these are arguments of the Gita that I think that, as you say, someone identifies with reincarnation, the Atma. Hmm? Um, so you don't think they're Indian. So don't think that Krishna is necessarily Indian. Yes, he's kind of Indian. <laughs> um, uh, 
but um, this is, you can say this is Indian culture speaking about the Paramatma that corresponds with the, with the Atma hmm, in terms of reciprocal loving uh, dealings. And we have found in that culture very compelling underlying theological and philosophical arguments for Leela, for there to be movement in transcendence, for there to be variegatedness in transcendence, for there to be reciprocal dealing between the individual Atma and the Paramatma. And we call that Prema, we call that Leela, that movement. So they should identify with these basic um, principles. And then the fact that those who have thought about that, which is an exciting idea that your contemporary there seems to agree with, um, um, shouldn't be uh, then dismissed because the way in which that country has talked about that in detail hmm, has the trappings of uh, Indian culture. Hmm. How else would they talk about it? Hmm. Um, and, and as such, it's it, the people who are speaking about it they have some penetration into it. Now, we think it transcends the cultural limitations of India, if you will, but they enter into it and they come back into the world in Indian culture and then speak about it. Hmm? Um, and, and that speaking has great power, even if it is employing things from this world as it must, words themselves are from this world, thoughts themselves are from this world. So the descriptions of Krishna Leela don't do justice to God's Leela and the idea that, that there, there is such a thing as Leela and movement and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a um, non, a, a transpersonal person, I wanna say, uh, that, is, that is the Godhead. Hmm. Um, the descriptions don't do justice to it, but we don't have any better descriptions that are so well supported by other theological and philosophical insights and arguments and so on and so forth. Um, so we readily accept that the descriptions of Krishna Leela on the part of like say Rupa Goswami or whomever are limited. Hmm? They don't do justice to what uh, the Leela is. And because that Leela is beyond thought, beyond word, but those thoughts and words are powerful. Hmm? And we don't have any other further reaching explanations of such a phenomenon. I mean, uh, that I know of, certainly not in Buddhism, in Christianity, in Islam, in the Jewish uh, tr tradition, um, in, in various pagan descriptions. The idea even of an Atma is often very vague. Here it's very specific and and then what speak of the, the nature of transcendence, the nature of the Godhead. Um, so we think that, that the Bhagavad Gita and its theological sequel, the Bhagavatam have said more about that and offer us powerful narratives that um, can help us to transcend the limits of mind and speech and enter into all that um, Leela is. Uh, as a friend of God, as a lover of God, and, uh, and so forth. Um, so we, we're kind of using those um, limited explanations as a means to enter into that which they, they, they seek to do justice to, but cannot entirely. I mean, that's a big long answer, I know, but we're taking some notes, so hopefully something from that would be useful, but I think you can universalize, you know, the, the, the concept um, very easily and help them to get a grip on it. And of course, then ask them to take their shoes off when they come in and have a nice vegetarian meal, which is not particularly Finnish either, but it might be, that'd be nice. So there might be some nice things about other cultures. And here we are again, back to the beginning, members of earth, let's take from this culture and that culture as maybe uh, we find attractive and, and make something that transcends all cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Does that help? 
Yes, thank you so much, Guru Maharaj. Bhagavad Gita ki jai, Krishna Lila ki jai. So, Paminavaswami has a question from the Spanish side. Yes. What's the question? He's he's gonna get he's uh, he's giving the question to the saying it to his Spanish Okay, so uh, Brahman is one uh, face of the Godhead. We have Bhagavan, we have Paramatma, we have Brahman. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Godhead has Shaktis. So the three principal Shaktis are the Sarup Shakti, the Maya Shakti and the Tathasta or the Jiva Shakti. So the Shaktis are one with God, but different from God at the same time. Hmm? Paramatma and Brahman are different faces of the Absolute, as is Bhagavan, but they are not one and different like. Uh, uh, Brahman or the Godhead and his Shaktis. Hmm? So uh, the Jiva Shakti, the Tasta Shakti is different from Brahman. It's not Brahman. Hmm? Brahman is undifferentiated uh, face of the Absolute. Hmm? The uh, equation in Brahman is Satchitananda with an emphasis on, on Sat and the Chit and the Ananda are kind of uh, secondary in, 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 in relation to the Sat. In the Paramatma feature, then you have Satchitananda and Chit is the prominent feature. In Bhagavan, you have Satchitananda and then the Ananda is the prominent feature. Hmm. Um, but the Tathasta Shakti, it's also Satchitananda, hmm? Anu, atomic in size. And um, it's, it's Sat, it's eternal, it has the capacity to know, it has the capacity to um, uh, have, um, I want to say, experience, to love, to, have, to, to, to taste bliss, uh, and so forth. That's a little different than being constituted of bliss and uh, as Bhagwan is, and um, and knowledge. Uh, but at any rate, we do say that it is such it ananda, but it's different from Brahman. So you could become self-realized and not at the same time be Brahman realized, and that would be self-realization would be the would be the penultimate state before the ultimate attainment. Of Brahman realization for those who pursue that realization. So anyway, the Brahman is not the Tathasta Shakti. No, they're different. Now the Atma, the Jivatma, through the influence of Bhakti, hmm, the blessing of Bhakti, can enter into Krishna Lila and be, as as is required, suitably equipped to participate in the Lila by having a form, personality, and so forth. It means a gross and a subtle body, if you will all constituted of the Sarup Shakti. Um, it's different than having a material body and mind or personality in that Maya Shakti is Asat, Achit, Nirananda, and the Jiva is Sachit Ananda. So one is, one is Chit, the other is Achit. So that's not, it's not really a good mix. 
whereas the Sarup Shakti is Chit, also consciousness. So the Atma, the Jivatma, and the Sarup Shakti, they are uh, a better fit, so to speak, hmm? two likes uh, coming together. Um, and so the, the form is eternal as the, as the jiva is. Personalities that one acquires is as a result of participating in that environment is, is eternal, unlike the material body, material personality and so forth. But that said, no, the, the, the liberated jiva does not become a different shakti. It's changeless as the Gita says. Hmm? But it can be, it's imbued with the Sarup Shakti, just like we're kind of imbued with the, with the Maya Shakti. And the result is we have a material personality, material body. Hmm? We identify with the Sarup Shakti or, or Bhakti, and that identification becomes complete, then you have a spiritual body and a spiritual uh, mind and, 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 and personality, but you don't become the Sarup Shakti. So there are jivas in, who are muktas, liberated in the spiritual world, who are different in constitution than the Radha, Nanda, Sridham, Subal, who are constituted entirely of Sarup Shakti. But they're, they're not different in terms of their capacity to function and participate. Hmm? So they function and participate as if they were fully constituted of Sarup Shakti, but really, technically speaking, they're Tatasta Shakti imbued with, with, this, with the Sarup Shakti. Hmm. I see uh, there's a question from Nanta Govinda and uh, he has written here, let me address that. He asks uh, that uh, regarding the discussion yesterday on Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, that um, um, I don't, he refers to the book Surya Siddhanta. I don't think that Bhakti Siddhanta wrote the book Surya Siddhanta. And this came up a couple of weeks in the past. Um, but what you, the question is about astronomy and Bhakti Siddhanta's position on astronomy and how it differed from other Vaishnavas of the time and what to think about that. And um, And so, what little bit I know is, is of course, that there's a Puranic perspective, uh, astro, astro, astronomical uh, uh, perspective on the, on the cosmography, on astronomy. Hmm? And then there is the European um, uh, Galilean, you know, uh, perspective that, uh, that the, uh, Planets are, for example, moving around the sun, hmm? which replaced the, the geocentric perspective that was prior to that and was largely biblically um, based. Which why, that's why it was a big controversy. It appeared that Galileo was contradicting the Bible and they, I think they were gonna cut off his head for it. Um, but his uh, objective perspective prevailed Hmm. And so this was in contrast, or in, 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 in some ways contradicting the uh, Puranic perspective, which wasn't necessarily, uh, I don't think it was a geo perspective, ge geocentric perspective. I don't, I don't get that um, from the Puranic perspective, but there are obviously some differences. Hmm. Um, uh, this is uh, not something that the Vrindavan Goswamis dealt with. Hmm? It was uh, it, that, that uh, uh, sun-centric uh, perspective, I'm using kind of like broad terms here, was, had made its way into Indian discourse and the traditionalists were dealing with it to one extent or another, Vrindavan Goswamis did not deal with it at all. Hmm? Others, traditionalists, uh, and here I refer to persons who, who kind of looked at the Puranas more as the source of their historical understanding, their astrological 
their uh, understanding and, uh, and so forth, cosmological understanding. Um, they, some of them uh, try to refute the European perspective. Some of them uh, made a kind of a, a merger, hmm? uh, if you will. The Bandama Goswamis didn't deal with it. I think they were just too busy with establishing their own, own Sampradaya um, in their Atma-centric and Prem-centric, uh, Radha-centric, you know, pr perspective. But, um, but in between these two, the Puranic and the European, is this Surya Siddhanta. Hmm? This, is, this is another idea. So Bhakti Siddhanta wrote a commentary on Surya Siddhanta, you know, and that, that's how he got his name, Siddhanta Saraswati, uh, or commentary on it or something. Uh, he, he, he was did something with it. And yes, he had different opinions than some of the leading opinions uh, at the time. And he spoke forcefully for them. I don't know what they were. Um, and um, it's a, it, it is, uh, you know, somewhat of a relative subject. It's a moving uh, goalpost. Um, there's, there, you could make a strong argument for a geocentric perspective, just by kind of looking at it from an entirely different angle, um, as opposed to a sun-centric perspective. But anyway, I, I'm not familiar really with all of his arguments, but that's just what, what, what I know. Um, um, so Surya Siddhanta wasn't written by him. I think he commented on it. And he had a different insight that was controversial at the time and um, went against some of the leading um, thinkers in that, that school. And um, yeah, he became uh, you know, known for being an independent thinker. Uh, I don't know if there's any conclusion as to who was right about what or what, or even what the details were. I've never seen anything to... Uh, that, that, that speaks to that. Mm -hmm. You ask, uh, what is the innovative approach he was preaching there and why it starts many discussions till this day. I think discussions to this day about the nature of the uh, cosmography, uh, the, the, the heavens and so forth, the stars and planets and whatnot is arising largely due to uh, a scientific perspective on that, as opposed to something like a fifth canto Bhagavatam perspective on it, which most Western and international community of Vaishnavas is somewhat familiar with and, and doesn't understand, <laughs> if it's understandable, um, uh, perspective that, that is a Puranic perspective, as Subhadeva says when he begins to explain that. Um, that to uh, Parikshit Maharaj. Um, and in saying that, he says, he implies that it's relative. What the world really is, is a transformation of the modes of nature. And there are different ways of looking at it. I'm going to present it to what the Puranas say. And uh, so he, he, you know, he, he gives that. Vishwana Chakritakur comments that he was speaking to Sugadev for the sake of other people in the audience at the time, hmm? some of whom were mystic yogis. And spoke about the cosmos in a way that would uh, be attractive uh, to them. Whereas Parikshit Marsh didn't really need to hear about that because he was qualified as a bhakta to meditate on the form of Bhagavan as it's described in the scriptures, rather than a, a way of thinking about the world that corresponds with, with God, which was supposed to be what the fifth canto narrative is about. So, I mean, the controversy today that uh, I don't I don't know you know how much Bhakti Siddhanta's perspective plays into that and whatnot, but um, those are my thoughts. Does that help? Maybe you have a follow up question on it, Antigovinda. Thank you, Mahatma. I also remember hearing that he was like can't hear you. years old when he wrote or oh, when he did this. I can see your mouth moving, but I can't hear you. Oh. Can you hear me? I Maybe you're muted. Maybe can you can unmute you. yourself. I'm unmuted. I know I'm unmuted. Still can't hear you. Anyway. I am unmuted. I hope it helps. Hello. Hare Krishna. 
I can't hear anybody. I know. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, I can hear you. He may not have been, he might have been on a different channel. Okay. I was able to hear him. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to help technically. <laughs> Maybe you weren't on the English channel. Maybe you weren't hadn't. So anyway, little details of the system we're still working out. Uh, we have one more question from Atula Nanamarish. Krishna descendiende al mundo in forma directa o la hache a través de Vishnu y las formas Vishnu provienen de Balaram? No sé. I don't know. I, Maharaj, you want to translate? Yeah. Um, Uh, Krishna comes to the world through Mahavishnu, um, uh, even though he's independent and the source of Mahavishnu, hmm? um, in a sense. Um, so he's the source of Mahavishnu, uh, being the Swayam Bhagavan, uh, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. Um, and when he appears, Vishnu is inside of him and every other avatar um, and so forth. So um, he's independent of Vishnu, but till he make, you could say he comes through him. Hmm? It's the, uh, Vishnu provides a, a portal. He manifests the world uh, in, in cycles and in a particular cycle, then Krishna makes his appearance. I think that answers the first part of the question. And the second part of the question, um, Krishna expands as Balaram for Leela in Vrindavan. Hmm. Then the two of them expand for Leela in Dwarka and Mathura. Hmm. So Krishna expands as Mathuresh Krishna and then Dwarka as Krishna and Balaram expands as, 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 as Mool Sankarshan for Leela in Mathura and Dwarka. And then in Dwarka, Aniruddha and um, Pradyumna are the sons, I think, and the grandson of Krishna. Mm -hmm. And then uh, these four, they expand in Vaikuntha. And so what we find there is that, uh, that uh, uh, Balaram is represented in Vaikuntha as Mahasankarshan. Krishna is represented there as Narayan. So Narayan and Vaikuntha is not coming from Balaram, coming from Krishna. Mm -hmm. And um, then the Mahasankarshan, he manifests as Mahavishnu, and Mahavishnu manifests as Garbhadaksha Vishnu, and then Garbhadaksha Vishnu manifests. Well, I should say that, excuse me, Mahasankarshan, there's Mul Sankarshan for Leela in Mathura and Dwarka, and then among the Chaturvyuha in, 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 in Vaikuntha, Krishna expands as Narayan and Balaram as Mahavishnu. And Aniruddha and Pradyumna as Aniruddha and Pradyumna in Vaikuntha. And then Mahavishnu, Mahasankarshan appears as Mahavishnu in this world. And then Pradyumna as Garbhadaksha Vishnu and Aniruddha as, as Shuradaksha Vishnu. So, um, uh, in, a, in, a, in a sense, Mahavishnu is the avatar of Mahasankarshan, who is the expansion, Prakash, in Vaikuntha of Balaram. I, I, hope, I think that answers the question.
So I think we're out of time. Thank you for your questions. Hope to be with you next week. Lord Premanand. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna devotees. Good to see everybody. Hare Krishna, thanks a lot. Hare Krishna. Bye. Great to see everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Happy New Year. Hare Krishna. Dandavad. Happy New Year. Sure. Happy New Year, Hare Krishna. <laughs> yeah, because that seems to happen. You guys don't hear each other. You're... you're... <laughs> Did I get to live? Oh, yeah. I could I hear, hear when I... You're both... Even if you both go on to English, but because you're going... Yeah, I'm not sure why that's... Yeah. I could hear I, it uh, all the time. That seems time. to be a, a little glitch. I, I'm I couldn't sure hear there's probably a way... Yeah. yeah, but... The Spanish... Yeah, there's a way that you could hear each other, but I'm not sure... Can you hear me, Mateji? It means turning off... Not having mute the original audio to hear each other, that might, that might be a word. You could try that. You just, yeah. That's one of the things. One of the little, little details that we're trying to work out. But otherwise, I think it's going pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's see if we can get more of an attendance. Yeah. Hi, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thanks a lot. You too. Hare Krishna. And, and I guess we could ask the devotees, the Bulgarian devotees too, if they want to do a, they can be translating on this call as well, if there's anybody that does sim simultaneous translation that would be up for it. So if there is anyone, let me know. I'll ask Yeah, any nationalities that have, you know, yeah, we can have up to five languages. Right. So, so, so far we have two. I don't know if that includes English, the five languages. Yeah, but anyway, at least two more, two more, at least two more languages we can add. So if anybody is gung-ho, let, let me know or, anyway, yeah, let me know. <laughs> All right, Jai, see everybody next week. Hi, Krishna. Hi, Krishna. Hi, Krishna.